Christmas Happy time of year Everybody's laughing Filled with hope and cheer But I know That it's Christmas Cause you're here Hey, now it's Christmas Joy to everyone Tell the Christmas story Of a father and a son And I know That it's Christmas just begun I walk under the church The bells are ringing I join in when I hear the choir singing And everybody's gonna sing that Hey, now it's Christmas Happy time of year Everybody's laughing Filled with hope and cheer But I know that it's Christmas come all right we uh we haven't done one of these panels for a while and uh i've been really missing my friends as i'm sure all of us have and so i got a little selfish with this one and i just asked some people that are super close to me to hop on and talk about christmas stuff christmas music for the most part we might chat about movies and traditions and all those kinds of things. So, uh, but before I get into introducing everybody, I want to tell you what you just listened to. It's a song called Hey Now It's Christmas from our friends at Three Chord Money. And um, you guys may remember at the end of a retro last year, I believe it was, we closed it out with, as we try to do, we try to play songs that are recorded by our listeners that are available for purchase so everybody can go out there and support these guys. Record Money put out a fantastic EP. What was that, Yan? Like a year ago? A year or two ago? Oh, it was a couple of years ago. Because was I, it? Yeah, because yeah. I bought their last album last year. Okay. Yeah, so good. And our was, friend yeah. Anthony Porter is very supportive of us. And so we wanted to give it, give some back. So go check out Hey Now It's Christmas. You can buy it. You can stream it. Whatever. Three Chord Money. It's out there wherever you get music. Now. Uh, so for this, we're going to do a panel, and we wanted to bring on some friends. First of all, of course, Yan is here. Hi, Yan. Hey, how you doing? Good. And then we're bringing on uh, our friend Ben Montgomery from the Records Revisited podcast. Say hello, Ben. Hey, weirdos. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take the blame for that I, one. That's I, <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> And then uh, we've got a newbie. So I'm bringing on my good friend, Dave Carruth. Dave is not a podcaster. He's one of the last people on earth left who doesn't have a podcast yet. But Dave is one of my really good friends. And whenever we're together, we talk music nonstop for hours and hours. And I've often thought Dave would be a fun person to bring on once in a while to comment, to debate, to you know share thoughts of music on. And so I brought him on today. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. You bet. So Dave, give everyone an idea. I mean, Ben, most of the listeners know Ben. Of course, they know me and Yan. 
give us an idea of where you come from musically. Like, what are your favorite bands? What are you really into? So that people get an idea of who you are. Oh, heavens. My, my, my go-to answer is uh, um, I'm a big fan of Bubble Underground yeah. and Stooges. But, uh, I mean, I, I have pretty wide-ranging tastes. Yeah. What shirt are you wearing? Craftwork. Uh, yeah, a Craftwork shirt. Ben, are you wearing, not to steal anything from you. Okay, so you've got a Pearl Jam shirt on. Yeah, are you wearing Pearl Jams? Yeah. <laughs> are you wearing a shirt of any particular band or musician, Yan? Not at the moment, but I was wearing our our t-shirt. I'm wearing my Public Enemy Fight the Power t-shirt. So good. We inadvertently just uh, took a page out of the records revisited. Yeah, you just hit our intro. Yeah, I didn't Excellent. mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. So anyway, all right. So the th the four of us are going to chat about Christmas stuff. Um, let's start this with the key question, probably of all Christmas music things. How do we feel about Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time? Ben, kick us off. I hate it. I Why? hate it. It's just, it's, it's nails on a chalkboard. I, I think you mentioned when I, when I posted something about Natalie Merchant on my, uh, on my socials the other day and you were like, Oh hell no. Yeah. Um, that's, that's how I feel about, uh, about Paul McCartney. In fact, um, last night I was listening to the radio, believe it or not, radio still plays songs sometimes. And, uh, there's a muse cover of it. Really? <laughs> and it's, just as awful as the Paul McCartney version. Yeah, I just, I hate that song. Now, is your issue with that song, or do you have issues with Paul McCartney in general? No, I like Paul. Okay. Yeah, I just hate that song. Okay. Yeah, and how do you feel about Wonderful Christmas Time? Uh, I don't seek it out, but I'll listen to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, is, is, it I, a, is it offensive in any way? Does it bother you? No. Okay. Yan doesn't get offended by not, much. Not much does. Yeah, you're about as easygoing as it gets. Dave, talk to us about Paul McCartney and Wonderful Christmas. Not a fan. You and I, you and I had this conversation, I think, last year, but I have this theory that had Paul not been in the Beatles and in Wings, he'd be some C-list fringe artist. Uh, I don't know many people that could even name more than a couple songs by the guy. Mm. So. That's a really hot take. So um, I love that song. I have zero problem with that song. The only thing that I feel like is there to be made fun of or those kind of gloopy, bloopy tech uh, synthesizer little noise effects? That's the only part of the song I do like. Okay, well, <laughs> I really don't know what's not to like about this song. I feel like, and I think I've said this on here, everyone knows that I've, I feel this way, that pop culture positions certain punching bags where it becomes more fun to make fun of the thing that it does to support the thing. And we've talked about this before, Ben, like Coldplay, for instance. Ever since, uh, was it 40-Year-Old Virgin? Said, you know, made uh, the joke about Coldplay and that's how I know you're gay or whatever. It's, when that happened, it became really fun and funny and cool to make fun of Coldplay. And so it becomes this punching bag. And that's a, it's like- And Michael McDonald. <laughs> and Michael McDonald. So- has he got there yet? I think people sort of secretly love. Well, that's from that's from forty year old virgin oh, as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool man. Yeah. yeah, okay. But like uh, you know, the certain songs like we built this city on rock and roll. 
I don't know that people have too big of a problem with that song, but it becomes more fun to make fun of. I feel like that's where we are with Wonderful Christmas Time. I love that song. I have zero problem with it. Okay, so let's go to the, let's go to the second one then. Wham's Last Christmas. Love it. Okay, really? Because uh, Whamageddon is a thing. Have you heard Last Christmas so far this year? I have. In fact, I heard it um, well before Thanksgiving, and I'm and I'm cool with it. In fact, my 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 friend, I'm going to give a little shout out to my friend Ben Gillis. So he has a playlist on Spotify that um, he hasn't updated it since 2018, but there are 758 versions of Last Christmas on this playlist. So go 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 check that out. Um, some of them some of them are great. Some of them are not so good. As much as I love Tay Tay, her take on Last Christmas not not that great. Okay. Um, but but like you know, Jimmy World has done a done a cover of of Last Christmas. It's 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 all right. It's good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Dave, Wham's Last Christmas. Talk, talk to us. Uh, last night I watched the film Last Christmas with my wife and kids. Coincidentally, we're watching Christmas movies every night, and everybody loved the movie. First of all, but. Towards the end, I commented that this movie would be 10% better without the George Michael and Wham songs. And my wife disagreed with me. She really enjoyed them, but she also grew up listening to Faith and listening to that prejudice, whereas uh -huh. I didn't. Okay. So you are not a fan of that song either? What? Uh, no. No. And, and I mean, I, I would mention this to my wife. Several years ago, I thought about digging into George Michael's oeuvre a little bit. I heard there was some, there was some, uh, some substance there, and... Watching that movie last night just nixed that idea. Let's okay. So I'll just give you some insight. Other than the first two albums that you mentioned, there's nothing else that you need to worry about in there. <laughs> unfortunately, um, as much as I love I love George, but after those first two albums, it gets really gloppy, gloopy, adult contemporary. Yeah, not, no need. Maybe two or three songs per record really? are real are really good, and then the rest of yeah, gloppy. Did you say gloppy, gloopy? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Globby yeah. gloopy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually like Listen Without Prejudice the most. That's one of my favorite albums ever. Really? Faith. Faith. You like Faith better? Uh, I, I love don't know. Faith. I love Faith Thanks too. Faith. I think something about, uh, you know, having heard those songs so many times, I just like Listen Without I Prejudice get it. a lot. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. And where do you stand on Wham? I mean, I'll listen to it. It's probably not in my top five. I won't turn it off if it if it comes on. I'll, I'll actively listen to it. Okay. But I don't see again. I don't. It's not another one that I seek out. Yeah. What is Yan? When do you now? First, okay. So two questions. One: Do you actively listen to Christmas music at Christmas time? Like, do you turn on the radio to a twenty-four hour Christmas music station, or do you just pick it up by osmosis? Oh, so I've got like a Christmas playlist and stuff. I had a Christmas playlist. I think I've still got it on my phone. But there's there's stuff that I'll go ahead and listen to deliberately. Okay. You know, Christmas time, I'll deliberately go and listen to Handel's Messiah. I'll go and listen to a bunch of other stuff, like Christmas pop songs. You know, the like the best Christmas album ever type stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, uh, Dave, when do you listen to Christmas music a uh, actively? And if you do, when do you turn it on? Uh, yeah, so uh, we, I live in a fairly small house. And in our, uh, 
in one of the rooms that can it can go to most of the other rooms we have a record player gosh was it late last week or so we pulled all the christmas records up we, we took down the halloween decorations or thanksgiving i forgot what halloween and uh put the christmas decorations we've been listening to uh, a lot of christmas music like i said we've been watching christmas movies every night uh, bear in mind though, I also have a bunch of young kids. I'm trying, I'm still in the stage where we're trying to create the tradition as opposed to maintain it. So, yeah. Okay. Traditions. That's going to be one of my questions too. Ben, what about you? When do you put on Christmas music in the car or actively? Uh, usually not. It's usually the, the, the wife or my daughter who, who put those on. We've got Christmas music that's streaming right now. In fact, I heard some earlier today um, outside my office. But yeah, I don't. I don't usually actively seek it out myself unless I'm doing research for uh, an episode of the podcast. We've done a couple of Christmas episodes. Uh, not doing any this year. Uh, but yeah, I don't actively seek it out. Yeah, I, that's me too. I um, I don't know if I, I don't know if you feel this way. Well. I don't know if you feel this way, Ben, be, being a fellow podcaster, but any free, Dave and I were talking about this as everyone was coming on. Bef, whenever I have free time to listen to music, I feel immense pressure that I should be researching somebody I'm about to interview, you know? So I never pop on music for personal joy anymore. That's the Once biggest bummer ever. It, <laughs> I don't mind because it's, uh, you know, like I, uh, I was telling Dave, I'm, I'm hopefully he agreed to come on. Going to be talking with Alan Parsons, nice in a couple of weeks after Christmas. So, like, I know a lot of what he's done, but I don't know all of it. So, I feel like I have to go listen to everything Alan Parsons has done, so that I'm ready to cover whatever you know topics come up. Didn't he engineer Pink Floyd records? Yes, that's really all you need to know, right there. I just bought that exact CD at the Goodwill for a buck like a week ago. I just found it at the Goodwill on Friday. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I actually already have a different Alan Parsons project, Greatest Hits, and I'm curious if this one will replace that. But anyway, so yeah, so I feel like I have to listen to, if I have a, so anyway, when I'm in the car, listening to Christmas music feels like a wasted opportunity. Like, these songs are going to be here every year. I've got homework to do, you know? You know what it is for me? And, and I don't, you're saying that you feel like this immense pressure to just continue to do research. I, there are some records that some of our guests choose for their episodes that don't really do a whole lot for me. They're not horrible, but they just don't like, they don't excite me. And I was just mentioning, uh, I recorded recently an episode yesterday uh, about Temple of the Dog. That's one of my go-to records. I I love that record. Cornell is just, you know, I got a super huge man crush on that dude. And we, we were talking about certain records that we've listened to that afterwards we need a palate cleanse. Like we need to go listen to something that is like our tried and trues, whether it's a REM record or Led Zeppelin record or, you know, the first two police records or something, you know, that, that, that kind of does that palate cleanse, gets that taste out of our mouths a little bit and gets excited about music again. So I, I get it. And, and for, for me, Christmas music is not a palate cleanse. Like it doesn't excite me. 
I will say over the last couple of years, I've been finding all of these old, older, um, like soul Christmas records that really, really excite me. Like yeah, the, yeah. the the two James Brown Christmas records. I I pulled one of I pulled one of those out yesterday and was listening to it, and it, it got me excited for Christmas. Very nice. So, yeah. Very nice. Dave, do you have a go-to uh, Christmas album that you like to play that is not going to come up later in your top three list? No. No. Uh, okay. Going back to something you said, though, Ben, uh, my wife and I don't do karaoke, but we've decided that if we did, it would be to the song Hunger Strike as a duet. <laughs> and it's, we it's debated great. who would take the, uh, the, the better role and who would take the Cornell role. Where did you net out? I don't know. I think it'd be funnier if I did Cornell. <laughs> Good. Um, but you don't have like favorite Christmas albums? Or oh, I do, but they're going to come up in the... They're going to come up later. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And here's you, when you listen to Christmas music, do you have a preference of like classical versus pop music? I know because you're a big classical guy. Is that your go-to or do you care? Actually, I'll, I'll take a mixed bag, but predominantly classical. In fact, last year, Christmas last year, I was in France with my sister and my my brother-in-law and his family, and his father was sitting singing uh, Oh Holy Night, uh, Mimi Chrétien, in French, so I just sang it along with him in French. Oh, wow. Wow. So, uh, how do you guys... Question for everybody. Do you prefer hymns versus like pop tunes do you care do you is it a mood you have to be in for one or the other ben tell us where you stand on that and if you do tell us your favorite uh hymns uh it's it's a mood um for for me i like silent night i know that's that's probably pretty basic but that's uh that's kind of the go-to hymns i i Honestly, uh, what what changed me, and and I guess we'll just get get into it because uh, I was kind of saving some of some of the, the songs for later conversation. But in uh, nineteen ninety seven, I I was uh, I had just graduated from college. I was I was assistant manager at a Sam Goody, trying to figure out the the next thing for for the career, and and I stumbled on. I stumbled on this uh, compilation uh, CD called The Edge of Christmas. Ooh. It's a, a compilation that has a, really a, a bunch of just modern modern type songs. So you've got uh, a lot of 80s type stuff in there. So there's Kate Bush, there's Queen, there's um, The Waitress's Christmas Wrappings, which is one of my favorite Christmas yeah. songs. It, and it also, the, the reason why I got it was because I remember as a kid seeing David Bowie and Bing Crosby singing uh, Peace on Earth and uh, the, the Little Drummer Boy mashup. And I just always loved that. And I found it on this compilation. I'm like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm, it's, this isn't even getting out to the floor. Like I'm, I'm already buying this. I already know that I'm buying this. Plus, it also has the Pogues' "Fairy Tale of New York." Yes. Which, uh, gosh, uh. I just, it's. I, I mean, all of us were. You know, as soon as I said that, everybody's like, "Ah, oh, yeah." yeah. Um, that's that's. Uh, I know it's not a traditional Christmas song, and I don't know if it even really is a Christmas song. It's a. It's about as much Christmas song as Die Hard is a Christmas movie. 
That's, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. But that compilation record kind of changed the way I viewed Christmas. Like I, growing up, the Christmas stuff that we listened to was the Christmas hymns. And my parents, my parents had horrible taste in music. Um, we've, we've talked about that, John. Johnny Mathis Christmas albums. That's, oh! that, that, that was. <laughs> Which oh, Dave geez. is holding That's in his hand up. right now. My, my parents had that one and we listened to that every effing Christmas. And <laughs> That's my number I, one. Foreshadowing. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. I love yeah. this. All right. Love it. <laughs> so, That's great. So, so that, so that compilation, I think really changed the way that I viewed Christmas, that there is, there is some cool Christmas stuff. It, 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 it doesn't have to just be Whitney or Backstreet Boys or whoever the hell was, was doing Christmas music in, in the early, in, you know, in the mid nineties that really kind of just turned me off of, of Christmas music. Okay. So I have several thoughts about everything you just said. Number one, okay. I think Oh Holy Night is my favorite Christmas hymn. It's a good one, too. You can't, yeah. you can't mistake it. I love it so much. Number two, has anyone ever heard uh, – I, I considered making this album in my top three, but it's not quite there yet. And it's more of a wintertime album, but Kate Bush's 50 Words for Snow album. It's great. It's great. It's great. And there's a song on there called Misty about how she has sex with a, with a snowman that is melting as she's making love to it. That, uh, no one but Kate Bush would think of something so bizarre. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. And um, right. as, oh, what were you going to say, Yan? I was going to say I'm dying for anything by Kate Bush. She's absolutely. Fantastic. She's the best. And then uh, Christmas compilations. Put a pin in that because I'm going to ask you guys about those in here in just a minute. Um, Dave, do you have anything to say about anything Ben just said without giving away completely your number one pick? Sure. I just looked up the track list on that album and it looks really, really good. And I want to go listen to it. The one you did. So when John initially invited me, uh, he said top five. And, and I thought about that. And to me, there are four categories of Christmas songs. Number one is Christmas originals. So, uh, you know, when an artist goes ahead and writes a song, about Christmas, right? Number two is Christmas traditionals. That would be like, Oh, Holy Night. Number three is adaptations of Christmas originals. Number four, Christmas joke songs, like Bob and Doug McKenzie's 12 Days of Christmas or Mary Effing Christmas from South Park. Um, and so I was initially trying to fill up each of those four categories. Interesting. And Ben, it sounds like to me, you're, you're squarely in the Christmas, like, uh, uh, like, like new Christmas songs, Christmas originals. And I'm, I'm more in the traditionals. But yeah, I'm excited to hear that compilation you, you mentioned. That sounds yeah, good. It's really the good. The waitress's song on there is incredible. Speaking, okay, that reminds me. I was going to mention that too. Uh, you guys may remember we had Chris Butler from The Waitresses on our show last year. And he lives comfortably off of Christmas wrapping royalties, which is just song. crazy to me. I mean, it is a great song. And you know, one thing when I was talking to him that I mentioned is how incredible the saxophone hook is that Mars Williams plays on that song. And he seemed to bristle a little bit when I mentioned that. And I wonder if it's because he knows that the hook, the sax hook isn't something that he necessarily wrote, but that's what makes the song memorable. And that's what pays all his bills. This is not a knock on Chris. Chris is great. But I wonder when you have to get behind the scenes on how that stuff works from a business perspective, Anyway, good for him. Chris Butler, and that song is great. And it, you realize how, if you can write a Christmas song that 
becomes part of the canon, you're set. I mean, think about Shane McGowan, the man, the, the drunk with no teeth, sits home and collects millions of dollars because he wrote Fairy Tale of New York. Isn't That's that wild? about a boy. What's that? That's the yes. plot about a boy. That's His right. You're right. Christmas song. That's right. But just think, Shane McGowan of all people, who is one of the greatest songwriters ever in general, is. And, and there's a documentary coming out on on Shane. Have you yeah. seen the previous? Yeah. Well, I saw an older one that's about 15 years old now. No. Um, no, there's a new out. one. Okay. Yeah. Excited okay. for it. Good. The BBC just censored uh, that fairy tale of New York song. Yeah, I saw that. So lame. Just let it yeah. be, you know? We know. No one's we know not to be offended about that. We all know what the word is. Yeah. Like, it's been just, fine for thirty five years. Just let it go, you know? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So okay, so as far as compilations go, I'm curious if see to me, my that very special Christmas album from the 80s, the red cover with the Keith Haring painting on it, that's kind of the mother of all Christmas compilations. Would you guys agree? That's Which the one, one? That, Well, back in the 80s, they started doing those series of a very special Christmas albums that I think oh, was yeah, more, yeah. you know what I mean? Keith Haring yeah. did the covers. And uh, that first one... For the Special Olympics. Was that what it was for? Okay, yeah, Special Olympics. for the Special yeah. Olympics. And the first one has... Like everybody, with the exception of like Prince and Michael Jackson, it has everybody from 1986, 87 on that. I it mean, really it's, does. It, it's got Bruce, it's got U2, it's got uh, Stevie Nicks, it's got Sting, bon Run, Run yeah. DMC. Well, awesome Bon Jovi. So, you know the story on the Bon Jovi song? No. Tell so, us. so originally they covered Clarence Carter's backdoor Santa for it. And the first couple pressings or the first pressing of a very special Christmas has that particular song on it. And then they realize, Oh, it's, it's a song about, yeah. Anyways, it's backdoor <laughs> Santa. It's Clarence Carter. And so they, so they replaced it with the other song that's on it, which is just, it's not good. Uh, the Bon Jovi song is not good. Huh. I have the original with Backdoor Santa on it. And I yeah. always thought, this doesn't belong. In fact, yeah, see, I, I, have, I have the second version that does not have Backdoor Santa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I still remember to this day, I got a, uh, I would get my allowance every Friday, which was 10 bucks. And, I, and there was a record store, Raspberry Records by my house. And um, I remember my mom taking me to Raspberry Records with my allowance to buy a cassette and uh i didn't out i didn't officially say that's what i was going to get but we had been talking about how we wanted that tape and i went in thinking that i would buy it but instead i bought in excess's kick and i came out to the car with kick and she was so disappointed like i just gave you 10 bucks so you would go buy the very special christmas so you bought in excess kick and i remember sitting in my room just pouring over kick and it's, uh, you and I did an episode on this, Ben. It's one of the, yeah. it's so good, but I eventually bought a uh, very special Christmas later. Um, can you think of any other really solid Christmas compilations, Dave? Do you know of any? Uh, there's two called maybe this Christmas, maybe this Christmas too. Mm. 
Uh, and when you say compilations, you mean by a by multitude of artists, correct? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do I have any more? Oh, uh, the Phil Spector one. Oh yeah. Yes. Are we yes. allowed to mention his name? That one's really good. Uh, we have a bunch of um. I don't know who this is. We have one from Phyllis Records. That's we have the one from Bing Crosby and Sinatra. We have one called a Blues Christmas. Yeah, the Phil Spector yeah. one's great. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yan, you living in Scotland, what are some of the, are there like traditional Christmas songs or albums or hymns or whatever that we probably don't know that are big over there? Maybe they have bagpipes in them or whatever? Hmm, you'd probably find that more down in England. I mean, Christmas in Scotland wasn't a public holiday until the late 50s, early 60s. Whoa. Really? Yep. New so Year's people worked on Christmas Day? Yeah, oh yeah. Realize that? Okay. Yeah, huh. but in, in terms of what what there is now, you know, just all the all the modern stuff and, and then some of the, the classical, you hear it quite a lot. I mean, especially in the in the stores you hear typically you'll hear Slade or Wizard or the the Pogues is is quite common. I love that wizard song. I'm blanking on the name of it now. Do you know it? I don't know that one. Oh. Yes. I don't know it either. Uh, it is. I wish it could be Christmas every day. Okay. When we're done, look at look that up on YouTube. There's a fantastic video. Wizard, I wish it could be Christmas every day. So good. Speaking of bands making money, I'm almost positive this is why Naughty Holder left Slade and the other guys still have to tour because he wrote that Christmas song and makes all the money for it. So he can sit home yep. and be Naughty Holder, retired, and the other guys who don't have a credit on that one have to go out and hustle a living, you know? Yeah. I, I'm sitting with the stats in front of me right now. So him and Jim Lee pull in a million a year just in the UK and Ireland off of that song. Jeez, man. <laughs> Oh, man. Wow. Now, your dad, uh, we should say Jan's dad, Yurik, is his mom and dad, Liz and Yurik, are the best. Your dad, he plays the um, bagpipes in local, I don't know what they're called, life and drums or whatever. Does he ever go out and yeah, do they've... Christmas concerts? Yep. Yeah, so the, in Edinburgh, every year they have what's called the Night of Four. So New Year's Eve in Scotland is called Hogmanay. And the night before is a festival, in a, a thing in Edinburgh. The night before that, so the night before New Year's Eve, and normally what they'll do is they'll have pipe bands and they start up at the, a particular spot in Edinburgh. They start at a place at George IV Bridge and they march down the mound and then along Prince's Street to, to Calton Hill. Uh, and if you look on a map, you'll see you you see the, what I mean. And then there's a torchlight procession, and the public can buy a to uh, a torch that gets lit, and they carry it on that route. And at the at the head of it is a they're not Vikings, but they're they're Vikings from the from the Shetland Islands, and they're they're followed by the pipe bands. And the band that my dad plays with usually, up until about a year or two ago they played in that every year and they would, they would march in Edinburgh 
I love stuff like that. I love it. Um, I meant to ask, do you, if anyone remembers the very special Christmas compilation well enough, can anyone, does anyone have a favorite song off of that one? Ben, what's your favorite song off of the very special Christmas? I'd probably go with the U2 song. I love Darlene Love's, you know, version, of course. And uh, I think they do a, a, a pretty solid version of that as well. Uh, that Baby, would be Please my... Come Home. Yeah. yeah. I believe yeah. that was recorded at a sound check before a show somewhere. And um, that's the version that's on that. Do you know that compilation well enough to have a favorite off of it, Dave? I've never heard it. Oh, so no. it's a uh, it's great. My favorite was always uh, Gabriel's message from Sting. Yeah, that's good too. Yeah, and uh, another quick Even story about he's that. Dead to me, he's yes. I mean, I lost interest in Sting when he started catering to the soccer moms a long time ago. But um, Shaggy, that's all I can say. What? Shaggy, Shaggy, Shaggy. Did, did you hear that record? I never heard it. Was, was I've actually awful. heard it's pretty good, but I have really? zero interest in listening to it so, <laughs> so um one of my proudest moments and this is gonna i'll tell this story but it doesn't seem like it's something i would do which is why i'm gonna tell it so before uh back in the so all four of us are mormon lds and for anyone who doesn't know there are a, con a church congregation is called a ward and after you graduate from high school uh you can go into what's called a singles ward. So you go to church with other people who are single in hopes of finding somebody or whatever. When I first moved out to the Bay Area, I was going to the Stanford singles ward. And I made the mistake when I first got there and you have kind of like an interview, a get to know you with the bishop, who's the head of the ward. He asked, he was asking about me and I mentioned that my dad is a, conducts orchestras and choirs. And he's like, oh, well, you must be really into that. And I said, oh, no way, no. Like, that's the best way I know of to rebel against my dad is to just stick it to him and not do any of those things. Well, this planted a seed in his head. So shortly after that, and again, for anyone who doesn't know, all the jobs, all the responsibilities within a ward are done. Um, you're not paid for them. All the members do those jobs and you get called to do them for a certain amount of time, usually a couple of years or whatever. Well, he called me to be the choir director. And um, yeah, <laughs> Yan's response is perfect because yes, I think anyone who knows me would be shocked to know that I was my church's choir director there for a while. But here's the deal. I was so good at it. And um, we had like 50 people showing up every week for, for choir practice because I don't know why, maybe they just wanted to meet other singles. I'm not sure, but it was awesome. And we, uh, two things that I'm really proud of. One time I taught the choir and again, I've never, I don't know how to do any of these things. I just, they just came to me, I guess, because maybe osmosis for my dad. We, I taught the choir how to sing down to the river to pray from the Oh brother, where art thou soundtrack? <laughs> which was really oh, big at the that. time. Me too. That was a really big, that was really big. So get this. So each congregation, each ward, again, for everyone who doesn't know, has what's called a bishopric. It's led by the bishop and his two counselors. And at the time, the first counselor in our bishopric was Steve Young, the oh, wow. former quarterback of the 49ers. Okay. So I know Steve Young a little bit from him and I being in the same ward. And after, and we performed that song one Sunday while he was there. And he afterwards was like, 
I love that song. I can't believe you got them to to sing that song. So Steve Young loved me because I taught them how to sing uh, Down to the River to Pray. Anyway, then we did a Christmas concert and we did like a little uh, four guys got together and sang Gabriel's message. And we just learned it by ear from playing the song over. Anyway, it was I, I'm just telling the story because I don't think anyone would ever guess that I was the guy who did that, but I did. I was pretty proud of myself. Kudos. Thank yeah, you. Good, good, good job. In fact, um, that sounds like a ward that I would want to be a part of because, uh, let's be honest, um, our church music is so freaking boring. Yeah. Um, it kind of is. I know there. I know there's a lot of people out there that love the Motab, but um, I'm not. I'm not one of those guys. Well, I, I'm fine with Motab. I mean, Motab is beautiful, and they're uh, you know they're iconic, and that's all great and everything. But yeah, we we could really pep up our church hymns uh, by a long ways. I just want to clap in church. You know, <laughs> can I just clap in church? That's that would that's be fun. nice. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. So anyway, just a quick little story. Okay, last, uh, one more opinion thing. How do we all feel about Mariah Carey? Because that song is now in the canon as being maybe like top five, top ten Christmas songs every year. Dave, do you have a strong feeling oh, about yeah. Mariah Oh, go, gee, Jan, go ahead, Mariah Carey. We're, we're talking musically. Yeah, yes, that Christmas <laughs> song. Baby, what's the name of her Christmas song? Um, it's all I want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas that's is it. you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know that one, right, Yan? Oh yeah. 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 How do you do? You. It sounds like you have strong feelings about Mariah Carey just in general. Ah, uh, she's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm with you there. By the way, uh, Dave, tell us about uh, your feelings about Mariah Carey. Totally indifferent. Uh, that being said, I'm looking forward to reading her autobiography, and that song helped inspire Love Actually, and that's on our radar to watch this month. So, <laughs> I kind of hate Love Actually. I've only ever I, seen it once. I saw it in the theater. I didn't see what the big deal was, but people love that. So have you seen that. About Time? No, and I was talking to a friend of mine just the other day, and that's like her favorite movie of all time. And it's a really um, good flick. Okay, yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, same and guy. Do you have, same guy. Yeah, Richard Curtis, right? Yeah. 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 He did, I think, Pirate Radio, too, which wasn't as which good was as so I wanted. To. Yeah, I agree. Ben, do you have strong feelings about Mariah? Yep, I hate it. Boy, <laughs> boy, we just got Scrooge here. He hates everything. What? I like last Christmas. Come on. Yeah. Actually, I have to say, if, if we're talking just pure Christmas songs, that one's one of my least favorites. But she does have a phenomenal range on her voice. Yeah. I, uh, I think she's kind of ruined. As talented as she is, I feel like she's sort of ruined pop music the last 30 years because that showing off the vocal range is impressive with her, but now it makes everybody else feel like they have to do that too. And so... We can't just let Mariah do it. We all have to do it now. You know what I mean? Anyway, just a thought. Um, I remember around that same time that that album came out, I think that was in the 90s, Harry Connick Jr. put out a Christmas album too that was actually pretty good. Do you guys remember this? Did yeah. you listen to that one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I do too. Oh, there's one other Christmas compilation I was going to mention. It's called Acoustic Christmas. 
uh, Art Garfunkel is on there. Hoy Dog Pondering do a fantastic version of Melikaliki Maka on there. Mm -hmm. And okay. uh, a band that I really liked back in the 90s called Shelly Ann Orphan, who, if you don't know who they are, they sound a lot like the Sundays, almost identical to the Sundays. Um, they have a song on that album called Ice, which I believe is a, I think it's an original and that's a really beautiful kind of moody Christmas song too. So anyway, acoustic Christmas. All right, let's uh, let's talk for a second about Die Hard. Is Die Hard a Christmas muse a movie? Ben, after you're done yawning, tell us. <laughs> sure, sure, why not? Sure, you why not? You think it's a Christmas movie? I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but you know what? If you want to call it a Christmas movie, I'm not I'm not going to argue with you. Okay, Dave, Christmas movie, Die Hard. Is Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie? See, it doesn't. It's not considered one, but Die Hard is. I haven't seen it in 15 years. I, w remind me what the Christmas connection is. is it, does it take place during Christmas? Yes. Yeah. That's really it, though. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and do you have an opinion? Do you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie? I think in the, it takes place during Christmas. That's about it. But yeah. other than that, no, not really. Same. That's my feeling too. I don't think Die Hard qualifies as a Christmas movie. It so being Christmas doesn't. What's that? Oh, so then, like, what, what would you say is the best Christmas movie then? Yeah. So that was going to be my question for you guys. Um, just to finish my thought on Die Hard, I because the the story isn't propelled by anything related to Christmas. It just mm -hmm. happens to be taking place during Christmas. I don't think of it as a Christmas movie, but I think because it's such a good movie, people want to lump it in there because they like it. As far as Christmas movies go. I have two favorites and one of them is still, well, they have a lot in common. One of them still, it's a wonderful life. I don't think that movie can be beat. I love it still so much. And no, I've second, never watched that all the way through. You haven't? It's maybe no. my favorite movie of all time. I know. Yes. I, I cry every I, time. Yeah. I bring it up every single Christmas season that, Hey, we should watch this cause I've never watched it all the way through and we never do. You oh. should get a better family. <laughs> we 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 watched home alone as a family last last sunday night so yeah. um yeah that's and we're watching elf this week so okay. so good yeah elf is great too i'm a little sick of home alone but it's a wonderful life it's still one of the greatest movies ever and mr kruger's christmas i mean all of us being lds do we all do you who remembers mr kruger's christmas where can you watch that is that on youtube i think it is so the story behind we, it is, oh, go ahead. Ben. We had the, we had the videotape of that. That was one of our traditions back yeah. in the day was watching that at okay. some point. Yeah. We have it on DVD and I think it, I think we got it for free. I think it may have come. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is a movie short film. It's about 20, 25 minutes long produced by the Mormon church came out in about 1980. I want to say starring Jimmy Stewart. And Jimmy Stewart plays the custodian of this building. He, uh, he's all alone for, he's a widower. He's all alone for Christmas. And he kind of has these dreams or fantasies about, you know, a better life or the things he could have or should have maybe done with his life. And uh, it's just a really beautiful, it gets religious for a minute, but it's not, uh, it's not an overly religious thing. It's a very beautiful, universal little movie. And I'm pretty sure it's on, uh, YouTube. And I don't know if anyone knows this. When Jimmy Stewart died, he left all of his movies to BYU. Wait, really? Yeah. Like, wow. what do you mean? You don't mean the rights? Or what, what, what do you mean? 
that I, you know how I, people can sort of bestow as like a, or, um, endow, no. endow. Yes. Like a gift. They, yeah. He apparently endowed his films to BYU. When I was there in the nineties, you could go to, I don't remember the building, but anyway, you could go to like the library or whatever and watch any Jimmy Stewart movie. Now it's all changed because everything's digital and sure, on demand. but back yeah. then you could just watch any Jimmy Stewart movie you wanted because we had the, the, we had them. I don't know what that means. That's just what I was told. How interesting. Yeah. Have you, have you seen uh, Mr. Kruger's Christmas, Dave? Dude, I, I think I either saw it on my mission or I saw an excerpt of it on my mission. I remember being short. I remember him crying, looking at the, the, the baby. And that's, I, I don't know. I'll probably watch it today. Beautiful. That's a tradition in our family too. We try to watch it every year with the family. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen this? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I have seen it, but I haven't seen it for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. I remember when it came out, it uh, it was on a Sunday night, and we were living in California, and I was just a little kid, and a bunch of families all went to one person's house, and I remember looking at my mom, and she's crying, and remember when you were a kid and watching your parents cry made you just really uncomfortable, and you couldn't stop watching it? staring at him like why are you crying <laughs> so weird i was seven or eight at the time anyway so you uh you have seen this too ben tradition it was a tradition for you yeah that, that we had it on dv or um, vhs back in the day and that was that was something that we watched every year i don't remember exactly when during the christmas season that we watched it but yeah it was it was every year yeah okay if anyone doesn't mind a little bit of spirituality at Christmas, which hopefully you don't, uh, seek it out. I believe it's on YouTube. It's a beautiful little 20, 25-minute yeah. movie. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, let's start counting down some of our, um, our, our top oh, before three. Before you start that, John. Yeah. Before you start that, I was just going to just share with you this really quick. You know, I was telling you that the, the Slade song pulled in a million. Again, this is just UK and Ireland. The fairy tale in New York was second at 400k. Mariah Carey was third at 400k. Bing Crosby's White Christmas was uh, about 320, 330. Last Christmas was number five at 300. Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time was 260. <laughs> uh, does anybody do you do you ever? hear Jonah Louis stop the cavalry you know that oh, one I don't know that one yeah somebody shared that I, I was asking on the socials for for records revisited if any if anyone had favorite songs and somebody shared that mm. so one, so that one, one of our was, one of our UK listeners nice yeah that one was 120k the pretenders 2000 miles was 102k love, love that song yep. yeah yeah Cliff Richard was had a mistletoe and wine at 100k each year, and a band called East 17 had Stay Another Day at 97k. But I mean, that's just the UK and Ireland. Some of those songs may have done well around the world as well. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. Like the Slade song is not as big a deal in the states as it is over there, but Fairy Tale of New York, right. I feel like every year gets more and more popular. Um, yeah. So. Okay, fascinating. Um, Jan, why don't you kick us off? What's your number three pick for Christmas music, whatever? So, 
my number three is actually the fairy tale in New York. It was Christmas Eve, in the drunk tank, an old man said to me, won't see another one, and then he sang a song. The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away And dreamed about you Got on the lucky one Came in like ten to one I've got a feeling This year's for me and you so happy Christmas I love you baby I can see a better time When all our dreams come true We, yeah. we, we listen to that constantly during Christmas time and and uh, my, I was talking to my folks the other day, and they, uh, my mom wasn't aware of the story, uh, uh, McCall's story about her death, and then so that I brought a discussion about that, and then we listened to the song some more, and it's just a, a really good song. Yeah. And Shane McGowan has teeth now. Yeah, I heard about, <laughs> I heard about that. He's got false dentures in there now. Yeah, eyes um, implants. Or implant? Oh, really? Are they permanent? Okay. Yeah, he's got implants, and the doctor said it was like retune. You know, they were re they basically retuned his instrument. <laughs> See, I wonder what he sounds like now. I've seen him in concert a couple of times, and he's just kind of—I don't know. You can tell he's just so out of it. He's making. I read something the other day saying he was going to be making new music. I hope so. Yeah, that might be my favorite Christmas song, too. I didn't pick it because I had a feeling somebody else would, and I wanted to shed a light on other things. But that you can't beat, whether it's a true Christmas song or not, it feels and sounds like one. It's got a, the spirit of one. And uh, it, I just, it never loses its power for me. I love it. Dave, give us your, your number three. Uh, yeah, it's on the compilation, maybe this Christmas or maybe this Christmas, too. I think it's actually on the second one. But it's Lisa Hannigan. some hate for you just for sure you found some love for me thinking i'd go don't keep me from crying to sleep sleep in Silent night, moonlit night, nothing's changed, nothing's 
should be stronger than weeping alone. You should be weaker than sending me home. I can't stop you fighting to sleep. I don't know if any of you guys know her. I believe she's sung on the Damien Rice uh, debut album, O, uh, and it's called Silent Night. And uh, it's not the traditional Silent Night. It, it, it's, uh, it's an acapella version, uh, but she changes the lyrics, and it's, uh, uh, it's gorgeous. It's mm. great. I have one of those maybe Christmas albums, and it's the one with a Neil Finn song on it called yeah. Sweet Secret or something like that. Is that the... Is it the same one? I haven't listened to it. It was that one or the other one. I don't remember. Okay. So about 20 years ago, like right when downloading started, I, uh, I made this enormous Christmas MP3 CD. Uh-huh. When John asked me, I made an effort not to Google anything. I wasn't going to go, you know, deep dive and find Christmas songs. I was just going to go into my own personal repertoire. And so I pulled that one out. And that was one that I remember. Uh, it was between that and a version of Green Sleeves by Vanessa Carlton. But when we listened to that version, it was, the vocals were way too breathy. So mm. she got jettisoned. Okay. Good to know. Uh, ben, what's your number three? So if you remember Saturday Night Live, uh, Horatio Sands, Jimmy Fallon, Chris Kattan, and Tracy Morgan. Let's watch that. Um, do a, 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 a real, real quick song called I Wish It Was Christmas Today. And uh, Cheap Trick actually does a version of it, which um, I love. nice little rocker uh, they turned it into a, a rocking song but uh it always it always brings back the smiles of thinking about the very first time that they did it they've done it multiple times like i know that they've done it uh, a couple times on the fallon show and and uh it's just uh, it's great I, it, it gives me all the smiles and that's what christmas is all about so good. i like it that's that's my three good okay um my number three, I think I'm going to go with uh, Donny Hathaway's This Christmas. Hang all the mistletoe, I'm going to get to know you better. This Christmas, and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's going to be together. Christmas, the fireside's blazing bright. 
And cards are here. My world is filled with cheer and you. This Christmas, and as I look that was my honorable mention. I really? love that. I love that song. Me too. Was it you, Dave, that earlier, or it was Dave or Ben? One of you guys was talking about soul songs, like soul Christmas Me. compilations. Yeah, is that yeah, you, yeah. Ben? Yeah. yeah. Um, I almost mentioned it on there. I just. Uh, I love it so much and Donnie's voice is amazing and he, he was gone far too soon and yeah. uh, it's one of those songs that pops up in kind of commercials or movies and stuff but that's okay with me because it's just it's so good and soulful and I wanted to make sure I got a mention in here so I think that's going to be yeah. my number three this Christmas from Donnie Hathaway all right Yan, mm -hmm. what's going to be your number two uh, I was really torn between a between two two songs from a number two so I think one of them's got just just got to be an honor, honorable mention. So I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do the Slade song as the honorable mention. And my number two is, I don't know if you really can call it a Christmas song, but it was a Christmas time hit for this particular band, and they're almost like a one-hit wonder. Uh, it's a band called the Flying Pickets. And they did a cover of uh, Alison Moy and Vince Clark's Only You. Yes. Yep. Or yeah, as they're called here, Yazoo. Yes, right. Right, Yazoo. Yeah. Wow. And so they did a cover that got released as a Christmas single, and it's it's all a cappella. Huh. I think and I've heard fantastic. that before. It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, in the UK, what the number one song at Christmas time is, is a really, really big deal. And um, you may remember this when we had Ian Burden from the Human League on because Don't You Want Me Baby originally when it came out in 81 or 82 was the Christmas number one and that's a huge deal. When I lived in England and that's when in 91 when Yan and I became friends, 
um, the Christmas number one that year was Bohemian Rhapsody because Wayne's World had just come out. And so that was the, uh, the big one that year. Um, so, okay, so this is uh, the Flying Pickets version of Only You is your number two. Yeah. Okay, good one. Dave, sure. what do you got for number two? Have any of you guys heard this Low album, Low Christmas? I have not. I've heard of it. Okay, uh, it's, it's it's incredible. Like I listened to it yesterday three or four times, but I would either choose the whole album, but there's a version of Little Drummer Boy that has the most magnificent drone I've ever heard on a Christmas song. Yeah, without a doubt, I would choose that song. Um, hello, fellow Mormons. By the way, I saw them in concert. I think last year. Finally, um, I have not heard that album, but Low has a very specific sound. That sort of yeah. soft core droney sound is that what that album sounds like too uh some of it's really sparse some of it uh like this th this song is an outlier in the sense that it has just this it has that constant noise uh and it has so to me christmas isn't necessarily about joy per se it's about reviewing the year there should be some bittersweetness and that's why you know uh the movie it's a wonderful life is a great example where you know there's uh, you know, it's about reviewing your options. It's about, you know, analyzing where you are in the world. And, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, this album has all of that, 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 that pain as well as that, that beauty. Those two just have the most gorgeous harmonies. Their voices great, together are incredible. Have you heard his like aggressive hard rock blues band? No. What's it called? I'm gonna have to Google it. My friend saw him live because uh, he loves his favorite band. Uh, I remember he mentioned Alan was like, I don't remember. He was destroying equipment and going going pretty crazy. Wow. Okay. Cool. I'll have to check that one out. I mean to all the time and I haven't done it. It's ben, great. what you got for number two? So number two is Clarence Carter's Backdoor... No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, my number two is going to be Fairy Tale of New York. So since you already picked that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to uh, 2,000 Miles by the Pretenders.
Again, it's, I don't know if it's a quote unquote traditional Christmas song. It's probably as traditional Christmas as maybe Joni Mitchell's River, which, you know, you say Christmas one time and all of a sudden it's in the lyrics and all of a sudden it's a Christmas song. It's just a gorgeous song. And, you know, I'm, I'm already a huge Chrissy Hine fan. I, I love her to death. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. And, and in fact, going back to what you were saying about uh, Coldplay, uh, they do have a version of 2000 Miles, which is, which is actually really good. It's actually, uh, it's, a, it's a solid cover of that as well. So I'll, I'll, I'll use that as my number two since uh, Fairy Tale was already picked. Okay, good one. Um, I love that song too. And I'm not the world's biggest Pretenders fan or Chrissy Hine fan, but I love that song. Um, I think number two for me is uh, George Winston's album, December. which again is not so much strictly Christmas, it's more winter time, just by the name. But um, his version of Carol of the Bells, to me is kind of the definitive, that's probably my favorite Christmas song. If I don't hear that song at Christmas time, then something is, is missing. That's the one where a ho- there's a hole there. 
I love George Winston. Um, I love everything that he does, but I especially love that album and, um, and that, and Carol of the Bells. And it's funny, my son's version, my son's favorite song when he was a kid anyway, was the TSO, Trans-Siberian Orchestra version of that song. So we would play back to back, you know, his hard rocking version and my quiet, peaceful piano version. Um, anyway, yeah, I think that's going to be my number two. I really yeah. love that. Tell me about that. George Winston, he's just piano, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. He, in the early days, he would put out uh, albums like there was one for summer, there's winter into spring, there's autumn, there's December, these albums about, you know, seasons basically. And now he puts them out for various reasons. He put out one that's him doing doors songs. Uh, he did one that's a tribute to Vince Guaraldi and like the mm -hmm. Linus and Lucy uh, music, you know, it, you have to be in the mood, but, uh, I do think December is his magnum opus. It's beautiful. And it's just him on the, it's just him on a piano. There's nothing hmm. Beautiful stripped down music. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yan, number one, what is your number one? Okay. My number one, again, I don't know that it's really, truly a Christmas song, but it was a, Again, it was a Christmas hit. And if you've all heard of a band called Münchener Freiheit, so they just normally go up sometimes in English-speaking countries, they would go by just Freiheit. And there was a song okay. called Keeping the Dream Alive. Say anything soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is the only thing I've ever heard from that band is keeping the dream alive from the Say Anything soundtrack. That song is great. I've meant to try and track them down and get them on the show, and I've never done it. Good one, Yan. Is Tell that song in the movie? It. I, it's in the movie somewhere. It's the last song on the soundtrack. Hmm. It's beautiful. Oh, I've, I've got the German version. Okay. So I, I couldn't find the English-speaking version to buy anywhere. So I just bought the German one and listened to that. That's fine with me. I'd, it's been a long time since I used my German, but I can still pick out some of it. I have the English version. I'll send it to you. If All you right. Want it. Yeah. Good English, pick. The English version is available on Spotify. I'm just, I'm just check that out. Okay. Yeah, good pick. I have to admit, Yan, I thought you would pick uh, Handel's Messiah. You being the the classical guy in the group, I thought you'd go with Handel's Messiah. Oh, I, I, I have that. I have the whole album. 
sure. of uh, by by uh, the London Philharmonic. I have, and we usually go and see it every year, but yeah, not this time. Not this time. Uh, my dad, as I mentioned earlier, was the conductor of symphony and, and of a symphony and chorus for most of my life, and every year they would put on Handel's Messiah. So every year I would have to go watch the performance of Handel's Messiah, and as beautiful it is, as it is, and the Hallelujah Chorus doesn't get any better, but having to go as a young kid from the age of like five till 13 or whatever until I could finally put my foot down and say I'm not going, it is not fun as a little kid to be sitting and listening to classical music for three hours or whatever that was. And I didn't, I didn't know that about your dad until I listened to the Melissa Manchester episode where you oh. talked about, about that. So yeah. got to, got to know a little something about John and yeah. recent it. podcast episode. So. Yeah. My dad was a, he was a, uh, I mean, you know, for a local guy, he was, he did really well. He was a kind of big time there for a little while as a conductor. Uh, okay. Dave, number one. All right, man. Already been foreshadowed. Uh, ben, I'm coming over. We're going to play this all day. Uh, Johnny <laughs> Mathis. Great. I'm d- double locking the doors. <laughs> oh man, I'll pick them. Uh, if I had to choose a song, I would choose "A Holy Night." Yeah, I mean, it sounds like similar to Ben. My parents, who had, my mother would argue that this is not accurate, but they have a very, very limited musical range, and they would play this all the time. So I went on. Are, we, can we discuss missions? Yeah, of course. Sure. So I went on my mission, and I remember there was one Christmas, and I don't remember what we were doing, but I feel like we were. 
like doing service or doing something. But I remember listening. I remember just being like so bummed out. I'm a 20 year old with uh, basically stuck with a guy I wasn't super fond of. And just, I remember listening to that album for some reason I had headphones and listened to that album like, like literally for two days straight. And uh, even still, and in fact, I bonded with a, a good friend of mine who was my comp on the next Christmas, a guy named uh, Matt Wells, one of my favorite people. And uh, yeah, that's his favorite Christmas album. It's, it's great. Every time I listen to it, every single time I listen to it, I love it. So it's a uh, unique That's enough. great. And it's, go ahead. Yeah. Dave, so that's your, you said uh, Oh Holy Night would probably be your favorite on that one. If I, yeah, gun to my head. But I mean, I, every song on there to me is perfect. Okay. Speaking of, have you, have you ever listened to Joe Bonamassa's cover of Oh Holy Night? instrumental is it good yeah i have a a good friend of mine who's really into blues and he was telling me to listen to that guy but i've never heard anything by him yeah it's 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 good it's it's worth a listen i'll check it out uh it's funny you mentioned listening to christmas music on missions i when i was on first of all we should say yeah all four of us where'd you go on your mission again dave uh ecuador i went to quito okay ben where'd you go South Carolina and Georgia. Okay. I went to Michigan. Jan, where did you go? Leeds. Leeds, England. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, When I was on my mission, I had Nat King Cole's Christmas tape. And I listened. I would listen to it year round just because you could, you know, you're you're limited to what you can listen to anyway. And so it, it was so beautiful. I just would listen to Nat King Cole's Christmas tape all year. Um. Okay, Ben, tell us your number one. So it's Backdoor Santa. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I, I already alluded that uh, my favorite my favorite song is the David Bowie and Bing Crosby, Peace on Earth, Little Drummer Boy mashup. To see Our finest gifts we bring Can it be? And years from now, see, perhaps we'll see. Our finest gifts we bring of glory. Say the It just gives me all the feels. Uh, I'm already a big David Bowie fan, as as uh, as you know, John. And 
uh, it just it's it's perfect it's a perfect song and uh even to this day every time that i put it on for the first time every christmas season it just kind of gives me that fun feeling that this is the christmas time and um get gets me in that mood so that, that that's that's my that's my tops awesome i love it too two stories about that number one have you heard the will ferrell i think it's john c Riley version of it no yeah i have and i uh no not your favorite okay no um there was uh so a story going back to goodwills right after david bowie died about a month or two later i was in a goodwill and um there was a cd of that song it was a cd rom from back in the day when you would you know put a cd rom in your computer and it would allow you to watch the video Mm -hmm. so old technology that no one needs anymore but i had i found that thing that uh, cd rom of that you could back in the day put it in your computer i re i bought it for a dollar i resold it for 50 bucks wow nobody nice. bought that off me for 50 dollars. probably just some bowie collector who of course i love david bowie too but i didn't need a piece of old technology laying around but yeah i made 50 bucks off that did you end up reading that uh, bowie biography by the way um, I've read a couple of them. Which, Which one is the best one? Well, the one I that I watched, I read earlier this year was called Strange Fascination. Okay, I heard that's the best one. I like that one a lot. Uh, it, very thorough. It's, uh, it's very dense. You have to really care about Bowie because it's like 600 dense pages. Yeah. Um, another one that I read, in fact, I read it on the plane three years ago when I was flying out to see Yan and go to the tubes mission and alice cooper concert there in glasgow i read bowie in berlin which is also fantastic fantastic and that's a much easier read it's uh lots of pictures it's thicker it's you can get through it pretty quickly cool i love that one okay there was something else i was going to say about your thing about your pick there ben i cannot remember what it is now anyway if i think of it something about them getting together or no, it was, uh, oh, I remember now. Um, Beck, have you ever heard Beck's little drummer, little drum machine boy? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> that's, I that's, uh, <laughs> that's out there somewhere. Beck does a uh, little drum machine boy. It's kind of funny. Anyway. All right. Number one for me, and this could go back and forth. And I feel a little bad because um, went back when Eric Miller did podcasts on the pods and sods network he's kind of retired that i think for now anyway last year yeah last year he would bring a bunch of us on to count down our favorite christmas songs and these are the george winston and this one were the two i picked so anyone who's connecting dots has heard me mention this before but i think my favorite christmas album is the chieftains bells of dublin
um, because I just love Celtic music. I love everything they do. The album features Jackson Brown, Elvis Costello, Marianne Faithful, Ricky Lee Jones, a bunch of other people. Um, and uh, I could pick anything off of it. Maybe, um, maybe I'll pick their version of Oh Holy Night just because we've talked about it so much. But um, yeah, that's my favorite. That's the uh, that and George Winston are the two albums that I have to listen to every time. So, does anyone know that one? Have Have any of you heard it? I only knew about it because I listened to your episode oh. of uh, the, the Christmas six packs because I did one with Eric last year as well. So I was kind of digging through each one of those yeah. episodes. They were a lot of fun. They were. I miss I miss Eric. Eric and his podcast. He'll 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 be back at it once he's you know once the whole political landscape is cooled down hopefully in sometime in early 2021 i'm hoping that eric will be back at it so yeah. we message we message message occasionally about different things so he's uh he's still a music nerd and he'll be back at it he's just uh he's got some other passions going on right now he does, he does. it's been a it's been a rough year for so many people and i don't i don't want to dwell on covid because it's been talked about too much but a lot of challenges have popped up this year for all of us. And uh, in fact, I was going to say, it doesn't even really quite feel like Christmas time. It, feel, it feels like we never even had summer because we were, you know, summer came and went without being able to do all the things you get to do on us during summer. So um, time is just upside down these days. But yeah, that's one of the reasons why we're trying to reinforce these traditions right now within my family, just so that we can have that feeling. I agree with what you're saying, though. Yeah. What is, give us a tradition that you grew up with, Dave, that meant a lot to you that maybe you're trying to instill with your kids. Uh, I can give you a tradition we grew up with, and I'll tell you the one that we're trying to install, among others. Um, every Christmas, my mom would make us wear these um, uh, red plaid nightgowns. And, uh, you know. Even the you, even the boys? Oh, well, my mom has four kids, three boys and one girl. And when she refers to her children, she refers to her three children. Uh-huh. He only refers to her voice, but yeah. And you know, me being how, how I was at that age, I would like not wear anything underneath it and like go to the, like, I'd go out, you know, go rent movies or whatever. And I'm uh, back when you rented movies. It's like a kilt for you. <laughs> say, say what? It was like a kilt for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a utility kilt. Beyond that, man, everything was kind of weak. It was like, we'd want, we'd listen to Johnny Mathis, uh, a personal tradition I had, and it wasn't so much uh, one that I set up, just it was added to me, was uh, TBS used to play the Star Wars trilogy when, like in the 80s and the 90s. And this was before um, they had released them on VHS. And I was never a huge fan of Star Wars. And uh, it was also kind of before they, in my opinion, there's just too much Star Wars now. But I would, I, would, I would get sick a lot on Christmas Day and just like be asleep and be awake and just watch all six hours of Star Wars on Christmas Eve. Interesting. Um, That's a cool tradition. Oh, what, are, what about you, Ben? Do you have any long-standing traditions? No. What? No, no, I don't. I, I don't. I mean, we, we had some traditions in my family that uh, I, I knew that my kids would rebel against growing up uh, Christmas Eve. We always had clam chowder. 
I don't know why. Uh, it just was the tradition. Uh, none of my kids like seafood, so that's definitely out. And then uh, Christmas Eve. Um, so my dad, my dad was really into old time radio shows, and because he, you know, he grew up in the the, the 30s and 40s, and um, we listened to a Christmas episode of Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are looking at me like, what is that? And it was around for like, I don't know, 10, 15 years on old time radio. And there was a, there was an album that my dad got of that particular, that particular broadcast. And we listened to it every single year. And if I tried to get my kids to listen to that, like I would, probably be sleeping in a hotel room on Christmas Eve. Yeah. 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 Do you have any family traditions? Uh, We did. We haven't done much specifically for, for a while because we were all so dispersed. I mean, I was, I was in Kansas for 14 and a half years and then one sister in Switzerland and my parents were back, came back here. 11 years, 10, 11 years ago, and then my other sister down in England, so there's really been nothing much for a while, but uh, when we were younger, we used to do, we used to sing Polish Christmas carols a bit, I don't, that's interesting in the fact that I don't know any Polish, I can't speak it. <laughs> Is your dad? Well, if you want him to order kidney, yeah, (laughs) instead of pancake. I'll tell you a story about that some other time. Okay. So we used to do that, and then occasionally we'd we'd go out and play uh, uh, Christmas carols at people's houses because all all three of the kids played instruments. So I I played trombone, my sister played violin, and the other sister played the flute. And so we would go and play Christmas carols to people. Nice. Wow. Now I think what I would like to do, you know, probably try and get like a, some kind of Polish Christmas Eve tradition going with the food. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. That'd be fun. Um, we, uh, I like food. Yeah, you do. I don't know yeah. if I've had a lot of Polish food. You'll have to make it for us sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Next time you're here, I'll make you some. Okay. Um, we didn't have, I mean, we had regular, you know, family get-togethers and stuff. The, this year, well, since we've started having kids, my wife especially, God bless her, she, our advent calendar every day has an activity in it. Uh, so it might be, like, I think today's might be, like, making care packages for the homeless. And uh, sometimes yeah. it's watching a Christmas movie. Sometimes it's caroling. Sometimes it's baking cookies. Sometimes it's um, playing a game, whatever it might be. Mr. Kruger's Christmas is one. So she puts a lot of work into what the Advent activity is every day and scheduling it with, you know, making sure we can do whatever the activity was on that night. It's kind of a big deal. Um, okay. Well, this is, uh, I just wanted to hang out with my buddies and uh, talk about Christmas. And um, thanks, guys, for doing this with me. I really yeah. severely miss all three of you, and I love all three of you, and I wish we could hang out. But hopefully we can someday. You're here. You too, I, man. I, 
I, I get it. I'm hoping that uh, we'll be back to live music uh, in 2021. Uh, if that's the case, then uh, I'm taking you to a Wilco show at Red Rocks. <laughs> I would still go. I mean, I, I saw them once at the Fillmore in San Francisco. I know, I saw the I know. We've, framed on my we've, wall. We've, we've talked about this. I'm just, I'm just tired of the vitriol that you throw at me every time I even mention Wilco on any of my socials. So, you know. Brandon, what's your take on Wilco? Love him. Like, you love him all the way through? No. Okay. no I, I, don't, I, I, I do love their most recent record, but I didn't love the two prior to it. Jeff can be a little mopey at times, and uh, those couple records are real mopey. As long as as long as you get Nels and Glenn showing how great musicians they are, you got me hooked. So yeah. um, as long as you get back to that, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I felt like you know Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Ghost is Born, Kicking Television, like at that point, they were literally the best band in the world making music in that, in that era, you know, Summer Teeth and so on. Yeah. Since then, man, to me, they have fallen like, like Rob Reiner style, they have fallen off. <laughs> I, 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 I get it. Wilco and the whole love, the, the, the couple records after Ghost is Born have some solid songs on it. I will say that they are a band that you have to experience live. And some of those songs that don't sound all that great on, on the record, like that's one of the reasons why I really love the most recent record is because I did get to see them live before things got shut down. That's cool. And it is a very percussion heavy yeah. record. And seeing that live, Glenn's just, he, he's on fire on that particular record. So, yeah. I'm bored just hearing you talk about Wilco, let alone having to listen to Wilco. Does anybody have like... A I'm falling asleep. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They, they hold to? What's that? It's like, I've been watching so much YouTube where I just like watch bands that I want to... Like just watching live shows on YouTube. And one memory that I hold to is I'm, I'm a Nick Cave obsessive, and so is my family. And when he was doing those spoken word tours, I'm like, oh, I have to go. So I looked around, and he was, going in, he was playing in Austin. So I flew out, literally flew out that afternoon, hung out with a buddy of mine. The plan was to see him, and then the plan was to fly back at like 6 a.m. And I just happened to look at who else was playing that night, and there was this punk band that I'm obsessed with called The Idols. And they were playing the same night, but they were playing a late-night show. So I literally flew to Austin, had some great tacos, hung out with my buddy Matt Nelson, saw Nick Cave, hitched a ride on the back of some dude's bicycle, saw the Idol show, walked, or, walked down 6th Street, and then like flew, like slept in the airport for two hours and flew back. And I'm like, and, and, and it's moments like that where I think, I am so glad I made that financial and time sacrifice. And I think about that still constantly. And is there anyone else that like, whether you guys think about things like that? Totally. Um, one of the ones that, comes up a lot for me is the time I went out to Scotland to see that show with Yan. I mean, that was a, I have to thank Yan for that one primarily, but that was just out of the blue. We decided to do it not even a week before. Right. And then we saw yeah. the mission and the tubes. Yeah. And then I took you around some of the big country. Yeah. Spots. Yeah. So all these like, uh, we're Stuart Adamson, all these like 
big country historic spots around Dunfermline. That was great. And, uh, and Dave, you came out here and we went to Riot Fest together that one time. Yes. We saw Iggy Pop and a bunch of other bands. The replacements, man. Yeah, that's right. That was the replacements reunion. That's Did you right. Know the on the repla- if you go to the replacements Facebook post, it's a picture of me. That's right. That's right. I thought that was Iggy, but yes. Yeah. yeah replacements. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Uh, I, I would say probably seeing Foo Fighters for the first time uh, five, six years ago with my with my best friend. We uh, we did the it was the very last love ride. It was uh, a thing that Peter Fonda did every year. And uh, was it Peter Fonda or Dennis Hopper? I can't remember. Um, but it was uh, all of these these bikers who would bike from south hollywood south uh, la area up to uh this place in castaic and it was it was foo fighters and social distortion and um it was just a fantastic show and that that would probably be my thing because i i got to hang out with fun friends and and got to see uh you know one of my man crushes so yeah. dave Grohl, he's your guy Oh, uh, he's my guy. I've got uh, my 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 shrine up here, uh, right above my record player, is my my signed Rolling Stone magazine of, of Dave Grohl. So, did you meet him or did you buy it? Like, how did you get it? My my previous job, I had four clients in New York City, and if I could time it right, I could see some cool stuff while I was in New York. So, uh, for instance, I saw. Um, uh, Ryan Adams, who we don't speak of anymore. Uh, I saw Ryan Ryan Adams at, at Carnegie Hall. One of the times that I flew up there, I got tickets for The Daily Show. Yeah. And um, when I was looking at who was supposed to be on that week, it was supposed to be for the, ep- the episode that I was going to, it was supposed to be the uh, doctor from medicine without borders or something like that. So I was like, eh, what, whatever. Um, I get up to New York and come to find out that they had flip flop Dave Grohl's appearance with this, this, this doctor. So, uh, you know, I show up, get, get my line in, in uh, at the daily show. I didn't find out about it until that day. So there's some person, I'm an autograph hound. So there's a person that's hanging out behind, uh, behind the, uh, uh, the back doors of, of the daily show. And I'm like, who are you waiting for? And he's like, Dave Grohl. And I'm like, why are you waiting for Dave Grohl? And he's like, well, he's the guest tonight. And he shows me the, the Rolling Stone cover. And I'm like, where did you get that? He's like, yeah, it, it just came out today. So I walk literally an hour or I'm sorry, um, a mile and a half down the road to the nearest CVS, bought the Rolling Stone, came back, went to the show and uh, Dave came out afterwards and signed for about 15 or 20 of us. And uh, yeah, cool? totally cool. He's the man. Yeah. I don't love Foo Fighters, but I sure love him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that he gives deference to other artists. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I just last night watched, uh, I, I'm a huge Van Halen fan. I just last night watched uh, David Lee Roth performing in 2015 with the Foo Fighters. And yeah, he's, uh, he had that TV show actually where he had some guys I'm obsessed with. Like he had Ian MacKay and Steve Albini and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, that was that was part of the Sonic Highway uh, album. They they recorded in all these different uh, locales, including Nashville and Detroit, and um, and they tried to be they tried to pay homage to all of those places that they recorded. So it was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember when he was on WTF, and he was talking about Andrew Gold. He was, and I love. I have a real soft spot for Andrew Gold. I love Me too. Him. Love him. And uh, hearing Dave Grohl just try so hard to convince M- Mark Maron to listen to some Andrew Gold really touched my heart. I loved it. Who's Andrew Gold? I don't know who that is. He was a 70s singer-songwriter. He did Thank You for Being a Friend. That was the theme song oh, to the yeah. Golden Girls. And Lonely Boy. And he backed up Linda Ronstadt for a long time. And- Carla Bonoff and yeah. Nicolette Larson. I mean, he... he, he if you look at any of those like yacht rock type of uh, records from the, the the mid to late seventies, Andrew Gold is all over them. Or, yeah. or he wrote some of the songs that are on those records. Yeah, yeah. I love him, and uh, he's dead. He died a few years ago, but um, yeah. it was really cool to have because Andrew Gold's not cool, but to have someone as cool as Dave talk about Andrew Gold like he is cool meant a lot. Well, just um, keep in mind, uh, Rick Astley came came out for, uh, yeah, he he came out as well, and and uh, they they uh, they Rick rolled the audience with him yeah. coming out. Yeah, I love Rick Astley too. Um, you mentioned uh, one other concert that came to mind. You talk about being on business trips. I had to go to San Francisco. Um, and I I know the answer, and I know what band you saw. Yeah, it was like right? eight. Yeah, yeah. That's it, television. I was there eight or nine years ago, and uh, I looked to see who was in concert that night, and it happened to be television. Yeah. And uh, which I, I mean, I love television. I never thought I would ever get the chance to see them live. Yeah. And it just happened to be that night. And so I, I remember the, the BART was closed down. You know, it was, it, the show got out really late, and I had to walk like clear across San Francisco to get back to my hotel. And, um, it was like two o'clock in the morning when I finally get back and it's my, anyway, just one of those moments that, but you're so happy to be having this experience because when else would you ever be in the same place as television? You know? Yeah. They played the day stage at riot fest one day. They played really? like two thirty. Yeah. That must've been when you went to the Chicago show. Cause that didn't happen here. No, I've, I've, I've gone to riot fest. I've only been to Denver once or twice. I went with you, but I've been to, I, I go to Chicago most years. I've been like five or six years. Okay. Yeah. yeah, on a work trip once, I went to New York, and uh, I noticed the Who was playing like five days later, and I'm a huge Who fan. So I won't bore you with everyone I saw, but I saw someone every night. Like I saw the Idols and the Fontaines DC. They're an Irish punk band that are great. I saw Bjork. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that stuff. I bet it. It's great. Well, um, okay. I. This could go on for hours, just us talking about music that's not related to Christmas. We might have to do another one of these. Can you, anyone think of anything else? Did we hit it all? Did we miss anything? I feel like I'm copying you on that one too, Ben. Sorry. Did no, we get we, it all? Did, yeah, that, that's, that's my tagline at the end. <laughs> I don't, I'm not doing this on purpose, I swear. Did, did, did we miss anything? Did we cover everything? Yeah. Do you think of anything, Yan? Did we get it all? I think, we, I think we're good. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. 
Gang, I got so caught up talking with those guys, I completely forgot to introduce our closeout song. So I'm, that's why you're, we're just, I'm just doing this lean and mean. That's why there's echo and everything. So the closeout song is called Christmas with You. And if you want to find it, it's under the name Sheila Swift. She's the one who sings it. The song was written by our friend Mike Wagner. Some of you may remember a couple of years ago, we had Richard La- or, uh, Robert LaRoche from The Size on here. He's been on twice, but when he came on the first time as a member of The Size, that episode uh, started out with a brief conversation with Mike. Mike lives in Houston. And you may remember two or three years ago, whenever that was, that just devastating floods that were happening in Houston at that time. So Mike came on. Mike has a band called Total Stranger. And he was encouraging everybody to purchase or stream or support in any way Houston uh, bands. Total Stranger being one. So to sort of give back to anybody because of the devastation in Houston at that time. So we wanted to support Mike. Mike wrote this song, plays guitar on it. Christmas with you. If you want to find it and buy it, Sheila Swift is the singer. And she, so you'll want to look under Spotify for Sheila Swift. And again, we just want to support these people like Mike, like Three Chord Money, like everyone else that we play. If you get the chance, spend your money, spend 99 cents or $1.29 or whatever it is to buy these people's songs. Let them know you love them, especially now there's a pandemic and people don't have a lot of money. Okay? We're all struggling right now. Let's at least help our friends. Okay? So anyway, here's Christmas with you.